May the peace of our Lord be with you. When today's lesson from the Gospel of John begins, we find ourselves in the midst of Jesus' trial before Pilate. We're at the end of the Holy Week narratives. In between that first Maundy Thursday and Good Friday, moving from a day filled with Jesus washing the disciples' feet and serving the Last Supper to the cross and Jesus' death and burial. It may feel a little strange to find ourselves here, as many of us have spent the weekend setting out nativities and decorating for Advent and Christmas, already anticipating the birth of the Christ child. But all circles have a beginning and an ending, and today marks the ending of this year's liturgical cycle, even as we begin anticipating the next one. In John 18, Pilate goes in and out of his headquarters because those who have brought Jesus to him cannot enter his headquarters and then participate in the Passover. Jesus' trial before Pilate spans 68 verses, and Pilate has already been out to question those who have brought Jesus to him, and returns now to speak to Jesus directly. As Pilate enters, he summons Jesus and asks, Are you the king of the Jews? Was Pilate incredulous, mocking, genuinely curious? Was he trying to establish whether Jesus thought himself a political king, a treasonous offense, or a religious one, a blasphemous but not necessarily condemning charge? We cannot be certain. But Jesus' response, a question for a question, demonstrates that even if Pilate does seem to hold the power, he is not the one in charge. Jesus asks, did you come up with this question, or did others tell you about me? Is Pilate scoffing when he responds, angry because Jesus didn't answer his question, Baffled by this whole situation, Pilate asks, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own people handed you over. What have you done? Again, displaying who is in charge, Jesus answers Pilate's previous question instead of the one just asked. Jesus acknowledges that he does have a kingdom but not the kind that Pilate is worried about. My kingdom is not from this world. If it were, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over, but it's not. Pilate does not seem to understand. And before we paint a picture of Pilate as a fool, let's consider that we probably wouldn't have understood either. The disciples spent most of their waking moments with Jesus for three years, and often they didn't understand. And fishermen and tax collectors in that day and age had to be pretty smart. Pilate asks, 
So you are a king? In John's gospel, Jesus has been called a king by Nathanael. The crowd at the feeding of the 5,000 has tried to force him to be a king. He has been hailed by the crowds as a king as he enters Jerusalem. But Jesus has never called himself a king. Jesus responds, that's what you have called me. I came to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The Revised Common Lectionary ends today's gospel lesson at verse 37. But the transition from this scene to the next in Jesus' trial takes place in the second half of verse 38. So, hoping that our friend Lex Shinari won't mind, let's read the first half of verse 38. I already read it in the gospel reading. I hope that's okay. Pilate asks, what is truth? John the Baptist came to testify to the truth. That is Jesus. Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit, whom he will send as the spirit of truth. Earlier in John, Jesus even refers to himself directly as the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Today's gospel lesson is filled with questions and answers. Questions that are answers. Answers that are questions. Begging us all to ask with Pilate, what is the truth? On Christ the King Sunday, what does it mean for Christ to be the truth and to be the king? This is the point in the conversation with children when I would stop and say, what do you think? And pause for a really long time and hope they have an answer. When I hear that final statement by Jesus in today's passage, everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice, it takes my mind immediately to the passages about the Good Shepherd. In John 10, Jesus talks about the sheep who know his voice and follow him. Christ the king is also the good shepherd. Christ is the king who lived as a suffering servant, a king who washed his friend's feet, a king who crossed societal boundaries, healed the sick, and lifted up the lowly, a king who fed people and called them by name. Christ's kingship doesn't look like anyone else's kingship because Christ's kingdom doesn't look like anyone else's. Christ came to announce that the kingdom of God is at hand and to invite everyone to come be a part. Jesus' life, death, burial, and resurrection ensure that we are known and that we belong to the kingdom of God. Nadia Boltz-Weber says that our belongingness to God is not determined by our family of origin, our economic status, or our friend group. It's not determined by religiosity, 
moral purity, or political category. Our belongingness is determined by the voice of the one who created us. We can all look, act, or feel differently, but in Christ's kingdom, we belong to one another. Because we belong to God's kingdom, we belong to God. I have a preaching tip for y'all. While all preaching is indirectly related to the kingdom of God, if you are going to preach on Christ the King Sunday, be careful not to preach specifically about the kingdom of God just a few weeks before. Or you might find yourself exegeting the Gospel of John on the day after Thanksgiving while the rest of your family takes a nap. It was a fruitful sacrifice, though, as I stumbled upon this sentence from one of my favorite John scholars, the Reverend Dr. Caroline Lewis, who says that Jesus' kingdom was never a place on earth, but a perspective, never an established rule, but a stated reality of how to live life, never a fault for hierarchy, but a forever hermeneutic a way of interpreting the world and embodying such a hermeneutic in everything that we do. The truth is that the kingdom of God is wonderful and beautiful and not yet. Much like today is Christ the King Sunday, we've reached the end and are already anticipating the beginning. The kingdom has come and the kingdom is not yet here. But until the kingdom of God is fully realized, we can find a way to live in the world that embodies the spirit of the kingdom. When we invite the kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven, we not only can join in creating the kingdom here, but we must. We are called to be God's hands and feet and so we let God's kingdom come by living as the truth lived, as Christ the King lived, as a servant to all, as someone who washed people's feet and crossed societal boundaries, someone who cared for the sick and lifted up the lowly, someone who fed people and called them by name. It might look a little different in the 21st century, but we can still serve others in a multitude of ways. Find the humility to do the most menial tasks in the spirit of Christ. Exchange hugs and whisper prayers in all manner of moments. We can faithfully tend to one another's deepest needs. Recognize the movement of the spirit in and among us and bring the kingdom of God one step closer to reality. Christ is the king, and until that is fully realized, we can cling to the truth, the truth who came into our world because God loved us, the truth who came to set us free, the truth whose kingdom belongs to us all, and is defined by love. The truth who calls us to come alongside 
and help the kingdom come on earth. And that, dear family of faith, is the truth.